hello. Welcome into a brand new week of the show that covers all things Southern. I'm General John Rawl. I am a certified Southern American, and to all of my fellow Southern Americans and or those who are Southern Americans at heart, welcome to this whole new week of our conversation about the South. We've got plenty of news headlines coming up on this Start the Week edition of the Y'all Show. We've got some Southern history coming your way, and a bunch of it, if not all of it, ties in to that little corner of the South that's kind of been the political stratosphere of this country. We're talking Maryland, Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia. I will tell you about several things going on in Southern history that all tie into that area later this hour as part of our Southern History Spotlight. Also on today's Y'all Show, we got a lot of football to cover. The NFL got back and going as far as Sunday games on Sunday, and there were some darn good ones, at least some that even went into overtime. And we'll tell you about some of the drama. We'll tell you about how the NFL stadiums were nearly full. It looked, At least it looked like that in most of the markets. Also, we will tell you about some tennis news as the U.S. Open comes to an end outside of New York City. All that coming in our sports report. Later this hour, we're going to turn our attention to college football and give you the latest top 25 poll, the big upsets. And I've got audio from that dramatic walk-off win in Tallahassee. And those clad in garnet and gold, it was not a memory you want to hear. So you're now warned. Consider yourself warned from the general of all things Southern. You might want to just uh, earmuffs when we get to that point of the show recapping college football's fun from its second full weekend of action. Later in the show, in Hour 2, our Takapola storyteller, his name is Jerry Short, he's going to be coming by and he's going to let us know all about how his connections in Louisiana are filling him in on Hurricane Ida and the recovery efforts there in the Pelican State. So our friend Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, he's going to be on Hour 2 with that info. Plus, Jerry is a guy who's worked a whole bunch of jobs in his career, and right now he's working a big job. He is our Takapola storyteller. That's not a job he has to work overnight, but Mr. Short has worked jobs before where he's had to stay up from sunset until sunrise and i'm going to tell we're going to celebrate those who have to work those overnight jobs it's not an easy thing you give up a lot and we'll talk about that nocturnal jobs with jerry short coming up hour number two hey melissa rhodes she's going to be filing a southern accent on good old delicious southern food that comes your way in hour number two Hour number three today, we'll have more of a wrap-up of college football and more as we get that hour started. Then we'll let you know what is the best sandwich available at the gas station slash slash gas station on steroids, Bucky's. Bucky's has been a Texas kind of a tradition. It's been an icon of Texas for so long. And now Bucky's, spelled B-U-C hyphen E-E-S, I think. Bucky's is making a big push eastward, and we're seeing Bucky's pop up in Alabama. They've got them in Georgia. I know I think there's one being built in South Carolina. 
Uh, Tennessee might even have one either open or coming soon. And something tells me, I think I saw where Florida's getting some Bucky's. So with Bucky's arrival to several more southern states, we have an article courtesy of AL.com about what's the best sandwich at Bucky's. Ooh. And supposedly, I haven't read the article yet. I will when we get to that point of the show. I heard it's not the brisket. Oh, um, that might make some of you Texans are rather a little hot under the collar or, or hot over the collar. Perhaps you're not too scared to show off your anger. We'll have all that coming up. Hour number three plus we'll let you know what's ahead on the y'all show going forward the rest of the week. Hey, if you want to get involved with this show about the South, hey, it's pretty easy to do. We have a podcast. That podcast is available on awesome podcast platforms like Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're also on the TuneIn app. We're also on the iHeart app. And we're available at y'all.com. Did you know? And if you didn't, please let me be the one that tells you the great news. Y'all.com is the South's homepage. And at the homepage of the South, in addition to finding the show about the South, the Y'all Show, which has got its own little subsection with its podcast player right there for you to click on and listen to. But we have at y'all.com stories being added just about every day. We've got a brand new episode of Tricks of the Trade with the great John Allen and Jimmy Duke. That's just been posted, the one from this past weekend. You can watch that at y'all.com. We've got our Takapola Storyteller interview being posted there at y'all.com. So much, so much, so much stuff and so little time. But you will make time, and it won't cost you a wooden nickel. All at y'all.com, the South's homepage so we're there and don't forget please go on and follow us or like our page on facebook it's y'all.com we're trying to grow that make it very easy for you to kind of keep up with what's going on across the southeast let's dive into a few headlines before we move on into football talk later in the hour and we have another storm in the gulf to tell you about tropical storm nicholas has formed and now a hurricane watch is in effect for the Lone Star State and emergency alerts already up in Texas as well as Louisiana as this thing is expected to form and come forward and possibly get hurricane strength as it gets just to the north of Brownsville as it's expected to arrive in Texas early on Tuesday morning. As it was formed Sunday in the Gulf, the National Hurricane Center Sunday started issuing advisories on this 14th named storm so far of this hurricane season, and it is looking like it's going to hit the Texas coast. The Hurricane Center has also added a hurricane watch to the tropical storm and surge warnings already in effect for the entire Gulf Coast of Texas, where experts say 15 inches of rain could be possible, as well as a storm surge of 3 to 5 feet now it wasn't moving all that much as of sunday evening but it was expected to resume a north northwestward northwestward motion about 12 miles per hour is what it's expected to continue on as the latest track map shows nicholas hugging the western gulf coast before ultimately making landfall in texas either late monday evening or possibly early tuesday morning we're talking overnight on this night forthcoming 
So it's got a ways to go. It has sustained at least some of the reports coming in Sunday evening, sustained winds of 40 miles per hour, making it a minimal tropical storm. But kind of zooming in at the forecast, it is not expected to develop into a hurricane at this point. This would be Tropical Storm Nicholas, but it is a tropical storm. And some of the the maps I'm looking at, the projected path, looks like it's going to be kind of, at least according to the cone of uncertainty, if you had to look at the latest forecast that I'm staring at, I would say Corpus Christi, just to the west of Houston, is it's where this thing is expected to come in. But, of course, if you're a Galveston resident, you have seen more than your share of storms come through there on Galveston Island. So I would be, if you're anywhere east of, let's say, San Antonio toward the Sabine River, the Texas-Louisiana border, you need to be advised. And certainly in the state of Louisiana, this is, it looks like more of a concern in North Louisiana with this thing saturating not only East Texas in the in a few days, Wednesday primarily, but it looks like Louisiana's, the Shreveport area, on over toward Ruston and Monroe could be just socked in with lots of rain as this thing likely going to stall out somewhere in the Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas area, and ultimately probably push across the Mississippi and bring even more rain to some of these areas where Ida has just kind of gone through in recent days and saturated in a big way there. But keep your eye, especially if you're in the state of Texas, on the eastern half of Texas over these next few hours of what's going on with the, again, latest storm that has formed here in 2021, the 14th named storm so far this season, Tropical Storm Nicholas. Be advised on that. A story about an Alabama band, uh, Alabama man is making the headlines. This man from Alabama has died after 43 hospitals with full ICUs were turning him away, and now his family is urging COVID vaccinations. Ray Martin Demonia died earlier this month, three days before his 74th birthday. He had suffered a heart attack and was transferred to the nearest available bed, which was more than 200 miles away in Meridian, Mississippi, and he ended up dying. But again, this man from Alabama had to be sent to Mississippi after more than 40 hospitals across three states unable to accept him to their full cardiac ICUs because they were completely full with COVID-19 cases. The deputy director of the Alabama Hospital Association is Danny Howard, and Howard said the state is in a dire place as the COVID-19 surge began in mid-August and now has reached its highest point during the entire pandemic. Howard adding that they can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're certainly not trending in the right direction. And unfortunately, we've seen way too many examples of this gentleman from Alabama, in this case, Ray Martin DeMonta, dying after being turned away, for not for COVID reasons. This man had a heart attack, needed help, and there was just not simply availability for him to get the kind of medical treatment he needed and in this case he died quick update from south carolina in the case that has so many twists and turns it's hard to keep track but 
If you've paid attention to news over the last two to three months, you've heard all about the Murdoch family, and that's out of the low country of South Carolina. The latest scandal, if you will, from this case was the patriarch of the family, Alex Murdoch, ended up having a flesh wound in the last few days. He was shot, and according to him, a truck passed him on a rural highway, I think in Colleton County, South Carolina, that's outside of Walterboro, the county seat. A car passed him, or truck, turned around, came back, and fired a shot, and it grazed him. He ended up having to go to the hospital. He's okay. After that happened, Alex Murdoch resigned because he was going to get kicked out of his own law firm. This is a guy who was from a very prominent legal family in South Carolina, a guy whose wife and son were both murdered earlier in the summer. His dad died after his wife and son were shot and killed. His father dies of a heart attack. This man, you felt you felt sorry for him, but then he goes and had uh, claims to have been shot, and he was shot. And then all this other drama comes out in the last few days about Alex Murdoch, where he was evidently taking funds from his law firm. He has been, I guess, restricted from practicing law. And then it also comes out that he was going to go into rehab because he had a problem. It's a crazy story, and it gets crazier by the minute. The latest story coming today is Alex Murdoch's gunshot wounds, which you kind of had to think with all the drama going on, did this guy shoot himself to get attention? According to his lawyer, Murdoch's gunshot wounds, not self-inflicted, as he was shot just a few days back, months after his wife and son were killed in an unresolved murder case in South Carolina. And this attorney, now speaking out, and saying that Murdoch had entry and exit wounds and suffered a skull fracture and brain bleeding when he was shot in Varnville, and that shooting happened on September 4th. And the man ended up being rushed to the hospital but ultimately got out, and this was not a life-threatening thing. But according, again, to his lawyer, this was not self-inflicted. Crazy, bizarre case. We will keep you as best we can updated on what's going on in the Murdoch case in South Carolina as it continues to have these, as we just noted, twists and turns going on. The Y'all Show will continue twisting and turning with all the information coming in from across the southeast. We'll take a break, come back, and fill you in on Sunday's NFL action. Plus, there's a Monday night football game on the gridiron tonight. All that is ahead, and before the hour is complete, we'll shift over from NFL talk, and we'll bring you all of the results, the big info coming out of Saturday's college football fun. Oh, we had an upset at the Doak. We'll also share with you some changes in the AP poll. All that ahead on y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. 
For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Continuing on with all of the fun from across the South and more, I'm John Rawl, and you're listening to The Y'all Show. Now a little opportunity to fill you in on from some sports news and notes from the last few days. First off, before we get into football, how about tennis wrapping up its final major of the year there outside of New York City? And we had a bit of a shocker as Daniil Medvedev stunned Novak Djokovic to win the U.S. Open men's final, his first major title, and as a result of the Medvedev upset as he won beating the number one ranked player in the world, Djokovic, winning 6-4, 6-4, Three straight sets, this player, Medvedev, gets the big title, U.S. Open champion. As a result of his victory, it denies Novak Djokovic a chance to be a first calendar year Grand Slam winner in men's tennis since 1969. Poor old Djokovic as he had won Australia, Wimbledon, and the French Open. And he slammed with this one. So a, a big win there. No Americans, of course, in this U.S. Open final on the men's side. Didn't even have women on the, the women's side, did not have Americans wrapping up, although one player out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, did kind of get to the elite eight, if you will, but a little bit of an upset on the tennis courts from the weekend. Now, as far as the women, they got to play their final on Saturday, and that is the day that British tennis player Raducuno ends up winning. Emma Raducuno, she defeats... Fernandez from Canada, 6-4, 6-3. So almost without that 
last set there being a 6-3, we almost had every set and the championships of both the men's and women's women's tennis all be 6-4. But uh, 6-3 was the final there as Raducanu wins her first major. And even the Queen of England chimed in and congratulated her. So a, a very nice victory there. That was an all-teenage battle there on the women's side for the U.S. Open title. Now moving over to NFL action as the guys that play pro football had their very first Sunday of National Football League competition. We had some extremely close games and, frankly, some blowouts. Some games that I thought should have been embarrassing for the teams playing in them because they just got embarrassed. And I'm I'm looking at you, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta got beat by the Eagles, thirty-two to six. The rookie for the Flying Men from Philly, Devontae Smith, your Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, he got his first NFL touchdown on his very first catch. The Eagles winning in Atlanta, thirty-two to six. The Buffalo Bills should be embarrassed as they got their, their they got their fourth quarter handed to them there and their stadium in upstate New York. The Steelers come in and walk out of there 23-16 winners. What a great game on the banks of the Ohio as the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow looking so good in his return to football. And in overtime, this game nearly ended up in a tie, but the Bengals were able to punch out a fumble there as the Vikings were driving across into Bengals territory late in the overtime period, ended up getting a key return, a, a key turnover, and ended up capitalizing with a great Joe Burrow pass when it mattered most, and they got in field goal position, and they had a game winner there, a walk-off win in the Queen City of Cincinnati. Bengals 27, Vikings 24. Cincinnati has a winning record, 1-0. That's pretty impressive. The Lions tried to come back. In the end, they fell to the Niners 41-33. A team that should be embarrassed also resides in Nashville, Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans had their you-know-what handed to them in a 25-point loss at home to the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray was spectacular, and the Big Red Birds end up destroying Tennessee 38-13. The Indianapolis Colts, they looked out of sync. I don't know what's going to happen in the Wentz project there, but Russell Wilson tossed four touchdowns as Seattle had a commanding 28-16 victory over the horseshoes there in the Circle City. It was a close game in D.C. In the end, I guess the stadium's technically in Maryland. In the end, the WFT fall to the resurgent L.A. Chargers and the Chargers get that victory 20-16. to 16. In Charlotte, former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold suited up for his new team, the Panthers. They looked pretty good early on, blanking the Jets for most of this game. But in the second half, the Jets did outscore Carolina, but it wasn't enough. Carolina gets out of Bank of America Stadium with the 19-14 victory over the New York Jets. The Houston Texans looked mighty good. This was a home game for them. Tyrod Taylor had a very good day at center or behind center for the Jack for the rather the Texans. Trevor Lawrence did throw a touchdown pass. It wasn't near enough as the Texans now lead the AFC South. 
They were the only team that won from that division on Sunday. Texans 37, Jaguars 21, and Urban Meyer's NFL debut as a head coach. It was a real battle there in the late game on Sunday afternoon in KC. The Chiefs somehow get out of a very, very close contest with the Cleveland Browns with a 33-29 victory. They were able to rally there in that second half and get the victory over the folks from Ohio. Close game in Foxborough, and man, what a performance by the Dolphins as they were able to hold on, get the 17-16 victory over the Patriots. The battle of former Alabama quarterbacks with Tua Tagovailoa leading the Dolphins and Mac Jones leading the New England Patriots. And I thought both looked pretty good. In the end, it didn't matter how good Mac Jones looked. His team goes down in defeat at home, losing by one. Hey, the New Orleans Saints might want to pick up and just move to Jacksonville as uh, the bank there, Tia Bank, served as the home stadium for the Saints as they've had to relocate because of electricity problems in the Crescent City. New Orleans destroyed the Green Bay Packers. That's another team that ought to be very embarrassed here after waking up Monday morning from a complete blowout to the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston, man, he had three touchdown passes in this blowout win. 38-3 New Orleans in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Saints, if you will, with the 35-point victory over the Green Bay Packers, a team many have circled as your NFC champion for 2021. Ooh, they got a lot of work to do if they're going to end up in the Super Bowl. Also from Sunday, you had the Broncos getting that big win over the New York Giants, 27-13. I don't know if the Giants are going to ever get back to where they were under Tom Coughlin. They just, I don't think, have the right quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do to try to get even to a winning record. The It looks like after this first week of play, your NFC East has no clear great team, although credit to the Eagles for getting the big win. But the Cowboys are losers. The Giants are losers. And your other team from that division, I don't know. I mean, the the Washington football team, they're they're losers, although they are your defending NFC East champs. That's a a screwed-up division. Let's just be honest. And I talked to several Colts fans Saturday, or rather Sunday, and they told me how bad the AFC South is. So there needs to be a battle between the AFC South and the NFC East to determine which is the worst division in football. Maybe we can just kind of like stealing a page out of all this college conference realignment. Maybe just get rid of the bad teams altogether. Keep only four of those eight teams and create a super division or something like that. But bad football being played Sunday in some cases and some extremely good football being played by a few of these teams. I know it's only one week, and you got 17 weeks of regular season football here on this 2021 docket for NFL football. But, boy, was it great to see NFL action back up and going. The stands mostly full across the country, and we're not done yet. If you tune in, you've got Monday night football taking place from Allegiant Stadium, the first time a big crowd will ever be there to cheer on the hometown Las Vegas Raiders. It's the Raiders and the Ravens. Ravens coming in this one really struggling. They've had a lot of key injuries, and I don't know what to expect out of this one. 
in Vegas. But that is a game, your only Monday night game for this first weekend of, of, of NFL football. And this one is set for ESPN at 8.15 Eastern, 7.15 Central. And that will put a wrap on this first week of NFL action. Again, great to see it back. Great to see the fans. And I'm sure many of you probably made a few bucks, if I had to guess, on how things went over the last few days. When we come back on y'all, we're going to take a break from NFL action. We're going to tell you all about what happened in terms of the college games that went down over the last few couple of days, mostly Saturday's college games. And boy, there was some good stuff out there. And boy, there was quite an upset. And I'm going to tell you about that shocker at the buzzer. And I'm going to let Wes Durham of the ACC Network give you his play-by-play call of a dramatic victory for an FCS team over an ACC team. And that happened late on Saturday evening. And when we come back on y'all, you're going to get a chance to hear the great Wes Durham, former voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and still voice of the Atlanta Falcons. That's ahead on y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Go Gamecocks! That the fight song of Jacksonville State University in Jacksonville, Alabama. There's a really good reason we're giving the Gamecocks a big-time salute here on today's Y'all Show. Gamecocks not only have moved on to a new conference, leaving the OVC after many, many decades of playing there, They might be moving to the ACC the way things have been for JSU. More on that team in just a second. We're back here on Talk with a Southern Accent. Speaking of the state of Alabama, speaking of college football, we start out this segment with a quick look at the brand-new polls and not Jacksonville State, but the University of Alabama located just down Interstate 20 in Tuscaloosa. The capstone is number one in college football, no surprise. Alabama number one, Georgia 
is number two in the latest AP Top 25. The Oklahoma Sooners check in at number three. And how about those Oregon Ducks? Quack, quack. They move up eight spots to number four in the latest AP poll after they embarrassed the Ohio State Buckeyes at the Horseshoe. The Iowa Hawkeyes look mighty good. They got the Cyhawk Trophy. They continue to dominate Iowa State. And Iowa checking in at number five. They are the highest-ranked Big Ten team right now. Clemson stays put at number six in the latest AP poll. The Texas A&M Aggies, although they went all the way to Denver and won, they sink two spots in the AP's latest poll. Aggies checking in at number seven. The Bearcats of Cincinnati, they also won, but they weren't all that convincing in their victory, at least for the first half. They played Murray State over the weekend. Cincinnati checks in at number eight in the latest poll. Ohio State drops six spots down to number nine after their first loss of the season. Penn State's 2-0. They've got Auburn coming into Happy Valley this weekend. Penn State's number 10. The Florida Gators have Alabama coming into the swamp this weekend. Gators are at number 11. Notre Dame is at 12. They barely survived in their battle over the weekend. UCLA, they move up three spots. UCLA, number 13 in the latest poll. I don't think UCLA played this past weekend. They've already played Hawaii and LSU to start their season, and they got a chance to rest this past weekend. Iowa State drops down five spots to number 14 after they lost at home to their rival Iowa. Virginia Tech moves up four spots. They're at number 15 in the latest poll. How about the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers? They move up another spot. And CCU out of Conway, they're number 16 in the latest poll. Mississippi moves up three. They took care of business against the Austin P. Governors. And Matt Corral's team is at number 17. Wisconsin, they are 18 in the latest poll. Arizona State moves up a few spots. They're number 19. Arkansas debuts in the top 20 i think it's the first time the hoggies have been ranked in five years and you will end up at number five when you destroy the texas longhorns and that's exactly what the hogs did at razorback stadium over the weekend north carolina the hills rebound this week they move up to number 21 in the latest poll they took care of business against georgia state Auburn moves up three, the War Eagle Plainsman, number 22. BYU got a big win over Utah over the weekend. They're at 23 in the latest poll. Miami was able to hold on. I thought they would lose to Appalachian State, but the Canes get the victory, and they are 1-1 one one right now and ranked number 24. And Michigan is your number 25 team in the country, and they are brand new in the AP Top 25 one of the big games over the weekend featured a team not ranked, but Florida State took it on the chin. They had a rough battle all night. They just couldn't get things to go their way. And in the end, Florida State, which should have easily walked out of Dope Campbell Stadium with a big victory over the FCS's Jacksonville State Gamecocks, they got beat in a walk-off 59-yard pass Hail Mary 20 to 17. The Gamecocks from East Alabama go down to, t- to Tallahassee and they get a big victory. This loss was FSU's first ever loss to an FCS opponent. I think they'd won over 20 games against FCS competition. And Jacksonville State had this incredible, incredible victory over Florida State. And Jacksonville State had already lost a game. It's not like they're a great, the greatest team in the FCS. They lost to UAB on a Wednesday night going into the first weekend of football. 
and Mike Norvell calling that loss to JSU totally unacceptable. Duh! <laughs> you know what's also totally unacceptable is your coaching and the way that FSU's players essentially let a 59-yard pass be caught and then two players didn't take down the receiver and he's able to get across that goal line with zeros on the clock and it's a big victory for the little school out of Jacksonville, Alabama. The ACC Network carried that game live. I stayed up late Saturday. I was watching the ACC Network's coverage of this game because it was a thrilling game. And for the last quarter mostly i watched jacksonville state battle with florida state and the gamecocks did it if you didn't have a chance to watch it guess what you're in luck thanks to the acc network and roddy jones and west durham on the call i've got the audio from this thrilling hail mary victory that the jacksonville state gamecocks enjoyed and their victory 20 to 17 over jacksonville state This call from West Durham is why college football is oh so special. Here's Cooper, four-man rush for Florida State, going to cut it loose. Phil Yaw Johnson caught it inside the 10. Phil Yaw Johnson on his feet. He'll cut back, and Jacksonville State has won at the horn. On the final play of the game, Zarek Cooper throws to DeMond Philyaw Johnson, and the Gamecocks have upset the Seminoles. 59 yards. Wes, I, I cannot believe what we just saw. A heave down the sideline hoping to get in field goal range is caught by Damon Filia Johnson he gets a block out front and is able to get into the end zone to win the game on a walk off yeah it was on a walk off what a big win for the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State University by the way the quarterback and the receiver on that play for the Gamecocks were both ACC transfers into Jacksonville State as the quarterback, I believe, was a former Clemson QB and the receiver, a former Duke receiver. Magic and college football. Love it. We're going to wrap up this first hour of our Y'all Show on our Getting the Week Started edition. And when we come back, some Southern history to tell you about. But right now, how about them Jacksonville State Gamecocks? Cockle doodle doo. <laughs> Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. 
Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Back on talk with an accent on everything Southern, including a little look at Southern history. And Fort McHenry is on our mind today, and that's in Baltimore, Maryland, right there in Baltimore Harbor, because it was on this date, back during the War of 1812, beginning at 6 o'clock in the morning, British warships under the command of Vice Admiral Alexander Cochrane bombarded Fort McHenry for 25 hours and those great American defenders held on and a guy named Francis Scott Key just happened to be there in that area wrote a little song that we now know as the Star Spangled Banner and this Washington lawyer turned songwriter and his song Live On and it was all because of a battle there at Fort McHenry in Baltimore Harbor that was started on this day in 1814, another battle from American history also happened on this day and in this during this week. It was the Battle of Antietam, known as the Battle of Sharpsburg by Confederates, and it also happened in Maryland, in Washington County near the town of Sharpsburg, and it happened on this date or this week, 158 years ago in 1862. And it was the bloodiest one-day battle in American history when it was fought as forces of George B. McClellan from the north went up against Confederate forces under the command of General Robert E. Lee. And the results of this battle, you had over 2,000 northern troops killed and right around 1,500 Confederate troops went down on this bloody battle west of Washington, D.C., there in Washington County, Maryland. The Battle of Antietam happening this week in 1862. Another person of note from that area of the South was born just a few years before the Battle of Antietam. Walter Reed was born in 1851 on this date, and he was born in Gloucester County, Virginia. Walter Reed would end up becoming a U.S. Army physician, and he ended up being a person, along with a Cuban doctor named Carlos Finley, that discovered that yellow fever is transmitted by a mosquito species rather than by direct contact. And that transformed epidemiology and biomedicine and more, and Walter Reed this native Virginia became such a major, major helper in the health struggle of this country around the turn of the 20th century. It is why today 
the main military facility there in Washington, D.C. is called the Walter Reed Medical Center, named after Major Walter Reed. Born 1851, he died in 1902 at the age of 51 and is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Walter Reed, a Virginian, born this week. A man from Missouri, we also remember his birth this week, born September 13th in Lacede, Missouri, born December 13th, 1860, was John Joseph Pershing. Yes, the famous Black Jack Pershing of World War I, a Army officer who went on to be the top general of the armies during that Allied expedition, the Americans. Of course, he also fought in the Spanish-American War. He fought in the Mexican Revolution, won the Distinguished Service Cross along the way, Silver Star, and more. Black Jack Pershing, John J. Pershing, born in the north end of Missouri this week in 1860. Also, a lady that was born in the north but came south, and she established the first Catholic girls' school in the country in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and it's Elizabeth Ann Seton, and she became a saint this week. And I think it was in 1975 that she was canonized, yes, by Pope Paul VI. And this foundress and educator, Elizabeth Ann Seton, canonized this week by the Pope as she did her work in the state of Maryland. And that is a quick look at some Southern history as we wrap up this first hour of y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. Talk with an accent on the South, too. We, we got it all covered here. And you know what? We got two more hours of the South covered. When we come back, hold on. We got hour number two coming your way. And we'll start it off with some news and notes from the South. Also, we got Jerry Short. He's our Takapola storyteller. He's standing by. He'll be on in hour number two. Plus, a look at Southern food in the second hour. All that. So don't miss out on the fun. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. 
visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The number to reach us here if you want to text us something on your mind, 803-816-1170. Hey, that is how you can get in touch with us. We are The Y'all Show, and we're broadcasting today on fantastic radio stations, also available in podcast form on incredible podcast options like the Apple Podcast option. We're also on the iHeart Podcast option. Just download those little apps. They're free of charge. You can download them to your smartphone. You can listen to them as you wish. You can listen to them when you're at work. Don't tell the boss. You can listen to them while you're at home. Don't tell Sweetie what you're doing because we don't want you to be bothered. When you listen to the Y'all Show, it's three hours of entertainment, of education, of Southern pride will make your hunger pains grow because we talk about delicious Southern food and more. In fact, speaking of that, you'll want to make sure you hang on later in the hour. Melissa Rhodes dropping by with a Southern accent on great Southern food. We got a little bit of everything for all y'all right here on the show that it truly is about the South. In the next segment, we really get things cranking here in the second hour. It's our friend Jerry Short. He is the Takapola storyteller, and he's going to be filing his latest report with us, oh, in about 10 minutes or so. So make sure you stick around for the, one. I won't say the, one of the mouths of the South, Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller. Don't forget, y'all, delivered by y'all.com. Y'all.com is the South's homepage. All right, as we revisit the headlines of the Southeast here in this second hour of our first show of the week, we want to remind you, in case you haven't heard or if you haven't been paying attention to the weather, right now we've got another storm to be on the lookout for as you now have the 14th named storm of the hurricane season in the Gulf of Mexico, way west in the Gulf of Mexico, but The National Hurricane Center on Sunday did start issuing advisories for the latest tropical storm. It's Nicholas, as it is expected to come ashore in portions of the Lone Star State late today into early Tuesday morning. It's going to bring heavy rain and storm surge and flooding concerns to Texas advisories are already out you've got tropical storm and surge warnings in effect for the texas coast some expect 15 inches of rain will be possible as well as a storm surge in portions of texas mostly around corpus christi is what i'm seeing is expected to go in there more than let's say beaumont area or houston area but it's going to bring a lot of rain no matter where It comes in and will likely affect a whole bunch of areas, not just in Texas. Louisiana has already issued a state of emergency. As this thing, as it comes across parts of Texas over the next 48 hours or so, it's going to dump all this rain well inland. 
And so East Texas be advised, North Louisiana be advised. I would even say portions of Southern Arkansas definitely need to be well on the lookout for this thing. And and what I'm even seeing, extreme southeast Oklahoma needs to be on the lookout for what this thing can dump in areas where they probably don't see a whole lot of rain. And, of course, you got the Red River flowing in those portions of Texas and Oklahoma, dropping on down into Shreveport area, and look for the Red River to really start getting you know swollen with lots of rainfall and flooding in those portions of the southeast. My best advice, again, as this thing pushes through over the next 48 hours into Wednesday afternoon as – as I'm reading it from the National Hurricane Center, Tropical Storm Nicholas is going to be a problem on the western edge of the southeast over the next 24, 48 hours. So be advised and keep up with your local forecast, if you will, to kind of pay attention to what is going on with this 11th storm of the season, Tropical Storm. I'm sorry, don't let me underestimate 14th named storm of the 2021 hurricane season, Nicholas. All right, make sure if you have not gone and uh, gone to the bathroom here lately, you might want to go ahead and do it so you don't get too weirded out by this story. An alligator in Mississippi that's been harvested, caught, dissected, however you want. A Mississippi alligator's stomach contained 6,000-year-old artifacts. Another object in this alligator stomach around 4,000 years old. I want to know who found this <laughs> found this thing and who went in there and looked at it. A wildlife processor, Shane Smith, he's the owner of Red Antler Processing, took a look at the 13-foot alligator stomach after hearing about a processor in South Carolina discovering unusual items in another gator. And what he found, an arrowhead and a plummet. What is a plummet? i got to look that up. I don't like to be stumped here on the y'all show. Plummet. I don't know what a plummet is. The definition of plummet is what you thought it was, a, a dive, a decline. There must be some kind of relic or something called a plummet that I'm not aware of. So, Mr. Smith, owner of Red Antler Processing, thought that the alligator could have eaten an arrow that someone shot at it, but the plummet helped him realize that it was likely something just laying around that the gator ate. A geologist with the state of Mississippi examined a photo of the arrowhead and determined it was between 5,000 and 6,000 years old. Hmm, that's pretty old. The Director of Surface Geology and Surface Mapping for the Mississippi Department of Environmental Equality, James Starn, discovered an even more fact from this alligator's tummy. The stone, actually, was not an arrowhead. As Starnes believes the object was for an early weapon that launches a spear, the weapon likely had a cup on one end to act as a lever, like a catapult. Can you believe something like that, 5,000 years old estimated, was in an alligator's stomach? Can you believe something from that long ago was here in the South, in Mississippi? 
I haven't seen the pictures of this thing. I don't I don't know what it looks like. But this brings up the fact that we have in this part of the world so many relics. We got relics that we have created from this country we call America from the pioneers. We've got relics from old homes. We got bullets and more from the war between the states that are around. But there's a lot of American Indian artifacts. And in some cases, they just sit right there on the surface waiting for somebody to find. And I know I I have known people who are really, really into arrowhead hunting. And it's not as hard as you might think. You just got to know what you're looking for. And here's an example from Mississippi. And I don't know where this alligator was located. I'm still trying to find out where this thing was swimming. I bet you they're keeping that somewhat quiet because every relic hunter in the world will end up in this same creek somewhere in Mississippi. And I will help out Mississippi here to tell you that alligators are found in just about every county of the state of Mississippi now. So, yeah, even way north into North Mississippi, you've got alligators. I know so because there's a road I go down just a county away from the Tennessee border that not long ago a giant alligator was just hanging out out there in a soybean field, nowhere close to water. It looked like it was a stage photo, but it wasn't. I think there was a nice little stream maybe a few hundred miles, few hundred yards away. But, yeah, this thing was right there in a soybean field, so it really stood out when you saw it going down the road, and that's why this alligator there, some 200 miles away probably from the Gulf of Mexico, was having a good old time in way north Mississippi. But this alligator, again, the story here, had – artifacts in its stomach some around 4,000 years old. 4,000 or 6,000? I'm seeing conflicting numbers coming in from Mr. Mississippi Gator. But it was old and it had to be absolutely gross to go in there and carve this thing out. But hey, pretty smart work by this guy there in the state of Mississippi. One more animal story to tell you about. This one is pretty hard to believe, but in COVID world, you got to believe anything. The world's oldest gorilla, he's 60 years old at the Atlanta Zoo. He is one of, or he or she, I don't know what the sex of this gorilla is. This 60-year-old gorilla is among 13 gorillas at the Atlanta Zoo who are undergoing COVID-19. They're being treated for that. Zoo Atlanta tested the animals after they suffered from coughing, running noses, and loss of appetite, now known as possible symptoms for coronavirus in gorillas. And one of those gorillas at Zoo Atlanta is Ozzy, the world's oldest living male gorilla. Okay, we found out Ozzy is a dude. (laughs) Zoo Atlanta believes a vaccinated asymptomatic employee who cares for the gorillas passed on the virus to these 13 gorillas Dr. Sam Rivera, a veterinarian there in the Atlanta area, said the teams are very closely monitoring the affected gorillas and are hopeful they will make a complete recovery. Well, let's hope so, but how crazy is it that we have not only humans with outbreaks of this virus everywhere, but gorillas are not 
I guess, escaping the wrath of COVID-19 either. And we sure hope for the best there from Zoo Atlanta as this story develops. When the Y'all Show returns, our friend Jerry Short, he is the Takapola storyteller. He's going to be dropping by with a report on things that only Jerry Short can report on. That plus, before the hour is up, Melissa Rhodes dropping by with a southern accent on good old southern food. Our number, 803-816-1170. Give us a ring. Text us. We would love to hear from y'all. We'll be right back. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Hello and welcome to Y'all, an accent about the South. That's what we do each and every day here. We put the South first and foremost. My name is John Rawl. Good to have you all part of the show about the South as we get a new week up and going. And here in this hour, we welcome in our guy who tells it like it is when it comes to the South, and that's our Takapola storyteller. He is Jerry Short, and Jerry's back on with us now on the Y'all Show Hello, Jerry. How are you? John, how's it going, man? I well, guess, it's, uh, it's going good. Football season is definitely here now. They tell me that. I don't keep up with it like I used to. I don't believe uh, that. Oh, I, I, you know, 
I might get a glimpse, but I don't. It's not one of these everyday things. What I, let's say I went to 40 straight years I missing the high school game at Kirk Academy because I was a statistician. Then I covered Ole Miss and didn't miss both. One game, the Ohio game, I was going to California, and that was in 27 years. So, you know, I've made a few games. You got paid for all those games, I guess? You know, I think every one of them was one of them dang, like my life story. It was kind of a, hey, let me help you out. Now, the sports editor of the newspaper in uh, a pretty good-sized town, I, I got on him, I didn't think that uh, – the. Uh, the uh, number one uh, universities that I thought in the state of Mississippi was getting enough coverage, and he said, all right, you go up there. I got you a pass waiting. That was back in the 80s, and uh, I went on up there and found out that I could take as good a pictures from the sideline and eat as much food in the press box as anybody. <laughs> so I, I, kept that, I kept that racket going until uh, they just took so much tradition away, I decided might as well take me away since my first game was 1951 against Maryland. And uh, Uncle carried me to that, and my daddy didn't like that. So I think if he was around now, he'd probably like that I was not going to every game or hardly any. Sure. Well, Jerry, I know you're a guy who's got a few years around the – a few times around the sun, if you will. And you're allowed to maybe have your taste change. You might not – be into the football thing like you once were. So if you're not into football, what are you filling up your time with? You know, I wish it was work. Uh, turned down a few jobs on the road, but I hate to leave my wife. And uh, I may end up down in Louisiana where uh, the hurricane came through. I've been asked to go down there as a field monitor supervisor on uh, cleanup. At, uh, mm -hmm or FEMA's involved, and uh, they kind of audit the situation locally to make sure that uh, FEMA is giving what they uh, say they're going to pay the uh, for the cleanups. Yes. So uh, I might, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that right now. And, you know, it's open for another week or two. So, But I can still do the radio from down there in the swamp if uh, if I need to with you. So. Don't worry about it. I can kind of make my own time. Kid. Jerry, we've talked to you plenty of times about storms and such. It's been now more than a week since Ida did pass through South Louisiana. From your contacts in the Pelican State, what are you hearing? How bad was this one? Well, I don't think it's quite as bad in some places as it is in like Homer, <clears throat> which Homer's in Terrebonne Parish. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I had I had told uh, well, I had uh, uh, emailed them. Uh, some of my ex, my first wife's uh, sister and her husband, and uh, I had told them they could come. They were welcome to come stay at my house out on the farm since I'm at the house I'm redoing in uh, another town. So, uh, but they texted me back that they had generators, and he's a nurse practitioner, which in Homer, which at uh, Terrebonne General, I believe is what they call that hospital. So I knew they would, you know, you know, might not could come because I'm sure he's he's needed where he is. But uh, he's retired with children and uh, about grandkids, by the way, I guess by now some of them. So uh, I invited them, but they they thanked me and said that they were doing really good. And uh, then I did get a message from another ex brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and they said, "What about us?" <laughs> so. 
I said, yeah, come on, you know, if you want to, because I, I don't stay out there much anymore. I just go out there and check on things. And uh, I said, you can fish all day in the ponds and uh, sit around and sleep in the house. So, you know, but that's in Thibodeau and just north of Thibodeau on Bay Push. And then you go back down to Homer, it's a good bit. Not a good bit as a crow flies, but where it really did more damage is down around Homer and Terrebonne Parish. We're talking Lafouche and Assumption on up where I was just talking about. So if you go back down there, heck, they got so much water, it's lower. You know, it's not that much above sea level where it comes in the marshland as it comes off of the Gulf down around Morgan City and and, uh, and Homer. So, uh, but it, the ground gets a little bit, elevation is probably, ooh, I bet it's 75 feet on that particular, 60 or 70, maybe where, you know, some of New Orleans is minus five. And uh, the French Quarter is about, is about sea level, I think. But, you know, you get in that ninth ward down in New Orleans and you get in the minus five, you know, it's kind of like a bowl down there. So they have a lot of flood damage. I, you know, I have uh, been offered a place over there also. But I've spent a lot of time in New Orleans and I really, um, hmm, I don't know if it's safe to be over here tonight or not. But, uh, well, Jerry, they got not, tremendous problems with electricity. That seems to be the biggest problem they got right now. Yeah, they're saying that they're saying it could be another couple months in some of those areas on down there around between Morgan City and uh, and Homer, and then that drops off to Terrebonne uh, Parish, drops on down to Montague, and that's where you go offshore, or they call it inshore offshore, and it's almost sea level right there. Texaco's got a lot of oil fields right through there. And there it did a lot of damage in those oil fields, I understand. And it probably did a lot of damage also. And then they're probably gonna have some pipeline situations down there also. So there's a good many things down that way that uh, need somebody that's had a little experience. You know, I've done, I've, I've, uh, I've done this over in Florida and I've done it in uh, Mississippi and I've done it in Texas. So I've got a little experience in that field. It's, they out the company that I uh, do that far is out of Houston, Texas. So uh, anyway, I, I don't know if I am yet or not. I'm I'm debating about it, but uh, you know, like somebody had an old pipeline friend. He's still pipelining up in Minnesota, and he was on his way down, and then he's got another job at Manassas of all places next week starting. But he's going back down to uh, Covington, Louisiana, and Columbia, Mississippi, and he was going to head back up. He's now about 38. But uh, he said, you know, aren't you over, aren't you about 75 when I worked with him before? He said, aren't you getting a little old for some of this stuff that I was talking about? You know, I need to get back on the pipeline. But, uh, you know, you miss those things. You know, you you really do. And uh, and you get used to those places. And I enjoy meeting people also. And you do meet a lot of people. It's yeah. like that sport. I ain't talked to him. I don't think I've talked to him in three years. And you said he's about 38? He's 38, exactly. I asked him. And uh, he was 38. I worked with him on seven or eight jobs with a pipeline. And uh, he's a welder and uh, makes really good. And he's uh, said he's engaged to the safety girl. Uh, on It's a union job. Michaels, they're out of Wisconsin. And he's been up in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And uh, you got to be in the union to work on it. And he got on that union when he left to outfit I was with because it wasn't the one I pipelined up and it pays better 
and they got good many benefits. But anyway, he, I, Paul was, he said, hey, are you not 78 yet? <laughs> yes, I said, no, not quite 78, but boy, I'm knocking on that door. And uh, he said, we don't have anybody over, over, you know, when you worked before, and you was all out there all night and all the time up down the line, we'd say, man, how can a man 55, 60 years old do that? Well, hell, heck, I was 68 and 70, 71 then, you know? So, uh, how you do know, you I'm do it? Try. Are you on drugs? Uh, are you, you're not talking about anybody in the government right now, are you? I'm but, talking about you. Uh, how do you stay awake like you did before all night doing security on you know, pipelines? I grew up that way, and uh, but now that I've been so lazy, and I've been around the house for now for a year or two without doing anything really, you know, to mount anything, I'm getting where I need about eight, nine hours sleep a day, where I used to get about three and four. Probably my whole life, I had three and four hours is all I ever slept. You know, in the military, you did that too. When I my special forces, we slept on the ground and moved all, you know, we moved all night and we slept during the day to hide out and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess I've just done a lot of that kind of stuff. I even did it when I was a kid. I'd slip out my window of my family home. And, and I would slip out the window and uh, meet a friend of mine. And then we would, uh, we would patrol the streets of that town that we lived in, that I lived in. Not Takapoa at that time. But uh, anyway, we didn't do any harm, we just patrolled. And, but we'd stay out to one, two, three o'clock, you know. And then uh, I'd come in and get up and uh, I'd skip breakfast and go on to school. <laughs> I would rather have that other 15, 20, 30 minutes of sleep that I'd lost that night. <laughs> but, you know, all those things are, you know, in the past they were good. But the older you get, and, uh, you know, I've talked to you about that blood vein in my head that uh, the uh, doctor said it's just uh, bad luck and uh, it leaks and it's not uh, connected. And uh, had three neurologists that they were going to send me to the Mayo Clinic. And so I'm on a lot of blood thinner, you know, and as long as I don't get really hot, uh, I can still go. But I don't need to get really hot really hot because with that blood thinner and the way that thing is with that it still leaks you know the, the vein cannot be fixed so uh, I've got to live with the rest of my life and uh, yeah and that's not me, that is not a story you're telling that is actual truth there do, do you have the medical terminology for what you have what it's called you know they didn't only medical when I asked uh, when when they ran the camera up in my uh, trying to find my brain <laughs> when they ran the camera up in my uh, up in my head, and they took a lot of pictures, and then he looked at the pictures, and it was three of them at met, three neurologists at St. Dominic's Hospital in Jackson, and uh, the doctor came in, and he said, "Well, he says, you know, got some news that if we would operate on what we saw, you've got what we at first thought we thought you had a blood vein." It connected to the main vein. It goes back down through your body, body, and goes back to the, through your arteries, back to your heart, and keeps your blood circulating like it's supposed to. He said that um, it's just uh, not there. It's gone. And he said if we operate, got about an 80% chance of dying on the operating table. 
even at the Mayo Clinic and uh, they'd send stuff there. And I, I said, uh, uh, you know, I think I'll play this game with the uh, medication. So that slowed me down a lot in my age uh, as far as the hard work. You know, I'd like to be out there right now digging post holes and putting them some fans. I don't believe that. Oh, well, come I, on. I love that kind of stuff. I really <laughs> oh, come do. on. And, you know, I used to run 10 miles every night. and uh, I, I don't believe do that. that. Well, I, I can back it up. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, uh, things like that is is the only big deal. Then I went back uh, for a checkup last year. It hadn't been a year quite yet. And uh, they did the same thing. They on the camera and he said, well, I got a little good news. And the good news is, is that vein has had a free flow and it flowed a little bit and it's almost connected, but it's still splattering out. And so what, what you've got, we think maybe an operation now, 20, 30% should die on the table. And he said, uh, what, what would you suggest? medication or you want to change it and I said well I think I'm gonna stick with medication and my neurologist said uh, you know I think that's a good decision that's one I take <laughs> and Jerry, so, 30 percent is not good enough to keep me rolling not well they went down from 80 to 30 if you keep doing what you're doing it's going to get down about one percent and then you can say okay well, we'll, we'll do I, this I operation you know I had, a, I had a friend from high school who had a I don't know if he had a stroke or what he had, but he had a problem in his head, and they, they operated on his brain. And uh, uh, he really looked, he didn't look, you know, that healthy right now. So that kind of uh, deters me from thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I think medication right now, it's going to have to get down to, you know, at least 10%. And at my age now, you know, 75 years old, um, pushing 76 now, I don't know how much longer I can say 75. But, uh, <laughs> pushing that age kind of kind of makes me think you know just take what they give me and when I ask him what's the name you ask the official name of it and the only name he could give me is it's just uh, the luck of the draw bad luck oh okay and so, well I Jerry mean, these are the problems you have when you have a midlife crisis which evidently that's what you're going through yeah I'm going through it in a different type cycle than some people do. <laughs> hey, you know, everybody, we are, we're talking with our Takapolo storyteller. His name is Jerry Short. We're not done talking to the Takapolo storyteller. We sound like a bunch of old fellows here gathered today talking about medical problems and, oh, oh, my back. Oh, Lord, Jerry, I hadn't told you about that. Now, I don't have a back problem, but I do have my own medical woes. We generally all do as we get it kind of like Jerry into that midlife crisis stage. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with the Takapolo storyteller and one of the themes that Jerry's been talking about. I'm going to ask him a little bit more about the nocturnal lifestyle. What is it like to work all night long? What is it like to have a job where you work in those overnight hours? Fortunately for me, I've never had to have a job, but maybe it's a good thing. We'll talk about that with Jerry Shore and our salute to all y'all who have to work those nighttime jobs. That's right after this break here on Talk with a Southern Accent. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. 
So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. In the evening, in the evening, Mama, when the sun go down, in the evening, baby, Mama, when the sun go down. And we're back on Y'all. I'm John Rawl. We're continuing our discussion with the Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And we are giving everybody out there right now a chance to say thank you to everybody else out there who works in those overnight jobs, the people who work until the sun comes up, essentially. And frankly, for me, I've had jobs where I've had to go in early, early in the pre-dawn hours, but I've never had to go in to work at, let's say, 7 o'clock at night and work till 7 in the morning, essentially convert your whole life to a nighttime working gig, sleep in the day. Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller, has had those kinds of jobs. So, Jerry, as we welcome you back into the Takapola storytelling time, of the y'all show what what is it really like to convert your whole mind your your warped mind in your case to be a guy who uh, surrenders so much of life to go work those nighttime jobs well obviously i never did that until later in life and uh, you know i probably started on a pipeline to run security on the border uh when i was uh, gosh i guess i was 62 or three or four or five and uh, I, when I worked for International Paper, I was in the woods all day and uh, looking at timber or somewhere in the office. And then uh, I bought oil and mineral leases and, you know, I was just going door to, you know, door to door trying to buy mineral leases from landowners. So, you know, I didn't start that till later, but when I first started it, uh, I did it because they called me and a guy, I'd been in uh, Special Forces and I'd done a bunch of that crazy uh, security stuff. It, he thought he needed out at Laredo. So they called me and asked me did I want to do that job at Laredo. And I, I was just going to do one job. And uh, I said, yeah, it sounds like fun. Cause 
I would get kind of a rush from doing stuff like that. I know that <laughs> sounds crazy, but uh, so I said, "Is it is it pretty good? Has it got a lot of? There's going to be some problems." They said, "Yeah, that's what we need." And so I said, "I'll be there. I'm on the way. And I'll be there tomorrow." Of course, I got out there and wasn't any place to stay, so I didn't have any place to sleep. It was in a little old town. The law had already abandoned because they were scared, and it was just north of Laredo on the Nusas River. And I think we've talked about that before. And uh, they, uh, I finally, I had to sleep under the bridge on Interstate 35 after my nightly shift of 12 to 14 hours. But that pipeline was 80 miles long, so I usually covered the whole 80 miles by myself. And uh, so, uh, you know, it didn't bother me then. And then I did, I decided, well, let me do another job. Well, he called me and wanted to know, could I go on over to Gonzales, Texas? And I said, yeah, that'd be fine. And then uh, I moved on over there. And then how about El Campo, Texas? Yeah, I can do that. And uh, so I just kept doing them. And then went down to uh, Galveston Island and did one down in Texas City. And we went to Oklahoma and I just kept staying with it. And, you know, it got where it really never bothered me as far as the loss of, as far as the change of the habits of sleep. I didn't realize it had until, uh, until really, till I, uh, my latest uh, encounter with marriage. It kind of uh, hit on me that, hey, I'm not ready to go to bed and go to sleep at, uh, at doggone 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know, I want to stay up to one or two. And then, uh, you know, and, and normally I would be going to bed at seven or eight in the morning and I would just lay down. And uh, then I would automatically wake up at 11 or 12 and go eat lunch and then back at work by six at night. So, you know, all that routine, it became a routine, and it didn't get to me very much. But I tell you, uh, I, I think to answer that question better than anybody could be my son. He uh, he works for a, a major paper uh, company, uh, newsprint company, and uh, he's been doing it now for oh since college, since old Miss, since I guess '93 he started or '92. And he really don't like it, and it and it makes him some. You can tell when he he gets a little huffy sometimes, you know. And I talked to him today, and he was cutting his yard, but he was going in to work tonight, and he was working for someone else. He likes to do that because there's extra money, so he'll just volunteer for somebody. But uh, anyway, he uh, he was going in to work tonight, and he wasn't going to work tomorrow or the next day. But then he was going to go in for six days. Then he was going to be off for six days. Then he was gonna switch back at night for six days. So he's been doing that for that many years. You know, we're going back to 93, so we're taking almost 30, what are we taking? 30 years? And uh, hey, that's a long time. And, uh, and it, I can tell it really, he don't like it. I mean, he's he's really waiting on retirement. He's gonna retire. Said he was gonna retire. At, uh, he planned on retiring at 60. But you know, it's all going to depend on what stock market I do it. I think it was 401k. But uh, anyway, it I can tell that it makes a big difference in lifestyle with him more so than with me. My problem is, I and I never have. You know, I always stayed up and watched the news with my mother when I was a youngster, and we'd watch the news, and then it would be 10:30, and then we might talk to 11, and then I'd go on uh, to my room. And then I might slip out the window and patrol the town 
for a couple of hours. So, you know, I kind of, kind of was used to all that. So it really never, never hit home with me. And, uh, you know, when I left home, and now I did have a job one time and it, I didn't keep it very long. Uh, I kept it about nine months. And it's when I got back out of the army, a guy come and asked me, he said, uh, uh, before I got a reserve component and he said, uh, Hey, I got a, I got a bread selling job for you. And that was like 4.30 in the morning. And I had about, I had, I had 80 something stops on that route. And it was seven, it was six days a week. And it went uh, through the Mississippi Delta and back over to uh, the college where Jerry Rice went to uh, University of uh, Valley State. And then I'd come back home and I wouldn't get back home. I'd have to stop and pick up money where I left uh, maybe bread. I can remember the cost of it. You know, a small loaf of bread, 18 cents. A Roman meal bread was 22 cents. And then we had little cupcakes and we had donuts and stuff like that. So uh, that really got to me. I'd fall asleep in the tub. And I don't think my wife appreciated that job at all. And it was all I could do. And so after about six or seven months, uh, no, I worked on that job maybe eight months. I decided, you know, I'd had enough of that kind of lifestyle. And I wasn't long after I did that that they decided that six days a week was way too much for that kind of job. And they cut it, they cut it to uh, five days. They let you off on Wednesday, Wednesday and Sunday. So the only time I ever saw the town I was living in, that was in the 60s, uh, early, mid-60s. The only time I ever saw the town was uh, on Sunday because it was always dark when I was there and when I was leaving and counting my bread and, and riding that bread truck. And that's pretty doggone hard work too, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, you know, anybody thinks it's not. You know, and I had a lot of uh, Chinese stores and boy, around Christmas, I had them Christmas and they loved to sell fruitcakes. And I had to make a special trip or two with a whole bread truck loaded <laughs> with fruitcakes. And those key, those punch boards that they'd use, you know, yeah. you punch a number out to them and see if you want. And they'd all take those, those Chinese stores would. So anyway, you know, it just depends on what you're used to, I think, John. Yeah. And uh, But it does take some can. adjustment, and it usually is, your schedule is totally different from probably most of your family and friends. So it has to be a strain. Yeah, what? And, uh, you know, when I did all that uh, statistician stuff, you know, I'd get, I'd get home just in time to make it to the football field. And uh, I just started, that was the first year. And uh, so, you know, it, uh, that, that made it kind of inconvenient. You know? Wasn't making any money, but it made it inconvenient. <laughs> now, I did get coaching clothes free. So, oh. I, you know, I can't complain too much. No, and, you, you know, can't. Bell-bottom pants, uh, blue pants, bell-bottom, was a red stretch belt and uh, a different uh, a different type shirt for that uh, school. And we seemed like we got a different one all the time. We must have been in with the people that, I think it was Helen Jones was the company that oh. sold all the sporting good stuff. So we did good. They're gone now. So Yeah, I'm sure they are. Gone with the wind. Jerry, again, thank you for that extra work you did in the nighttime hours. And we really wanted to take this moment to thank everybody that has to work the kind of shifts that most of us may not be working. But if you're in Jerry's case and you've had to do that, 
there are some advantages. There are some cool things that go on when the sun is down. Jerry? Well, look, you, you didn't mention military too much, and I know you don't have but a second, but, you know, say something about those military guys, too, because, hey, they don't have a regular shield. And uh, the Army used to tell us when I was in basic to start with, hey, we don't, we don't guarantee y'all but four hours sleep a day, and they don't have to be four in a row. So, uh, and they backed that up. And somebody in a mess section, a cook, you know, they're up at three o'clock in the morning cooking. And then they're in, over in the mess hall cleaning late, too. So those guys have it pretty tough. Now, they do get off every other day, but I don't think that helps that much. But I've been a cook also. <laughs> I've, I've been a mess star. You've done a little bit of everything. You've yeah, even anyway, been the Takapola storyteller, Jerry. Well, I, yeah, I've been that, but. Hey, that's lucrative, so I don't mind that. Hey, Jerry, we got a skedaddle. Thank you again, and we'll catch up with you again next week. All right, buddy. You have a good week. He is our Takapola storyteller. He is Jerry Short. Well, we've got more of the show about the South coming up as we continue on with more of this hour of talk with a Southern accent. Hang on. The Y'all Show comes back right after this. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. southern accent here's what's cooking in the south from y'all.com i'm melissa rhodes a somewhat surprising food trends going on in dixie the top national food delivery services keep close track of what's left at the door and surprise surprise more vegan and vegetarian options are at the top cbs affiliate in little rock thv 11 and anchor amanda yeager grubhub said they've seen a spike in cauliflower pizza orders and not a small spike either. It rose 650% in popularity on their platform. It follows other plant-based trendy items like Beyond Meat. Postmates said more than 385,000 plant-based meat orders have been placed on the Postmates platform. I sat down with Greg Henderson, local food blogger, talking about similar trends he's seen in Arkansas. Vegan and vegetarian options, it's really starting to come up a lot in the city. I think it's a great trend there. You know, I think as dietary needs are changing you know different people are looking for other things yeah i think it's going to something that's going to keep snowballing recipes tips headlines and more at y'all.com and thank you melissa for that very very oh, i mean just unbelievably good tasting southern food report well that wraps up hour number two of this monday edition of y'all when we come back hour number three is ahead and we're going to kick off the hour with some more sports news as both the NFL and college football had some fantastic games from the weekend. That and more ahead. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. 
Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Hope all is well and all is good. Hope y'all had a great weekend. I'm John Rawl. I am the general of all things Southern, and you are locked in to the Y'all Show, broadcasting in podcast form on fantastic podcast options. We're also broadcasting on wonderful radio stations across the Southeast, as we are a show devoted to all things Southern. That includes Southern news and events. We also cover Southern food. We look at Southern entertainment, and we have plenty of sports talk going on across the Southeast, and we're going to get to some sports news, especially from the gridiron in just a sec. Before the hour is up here on the Y'all Show in our final hour of this Starting the Week edition, thanks to Bucky's, that's the Texas-based company that is the Cadillac of gas stations, we've got an article that advanced local media has posted it is what's the best sandwich at bucky's i'm going to tell you all about it here as we go across the southeast with fun stuff here in just a few minutes before the hour's up we've got more headlines coming in from across dixie and we'll preview what's ahead this week on the show that's all about the south the y'all show all right looking at some sports goings on across the southeast hope y'all had a great weekend and perhaps just perhaps your favorite team, whether it be a college team or an NFL team, found a way to win. I know for me personally, it was a mixed weekend. I think my college team did just about as bad as they could do. I am going ahead right now today and declaring that I don't think my college is going to win a game all year, and that's a hard thing to admit. But uh, I'm just keeping it real here, y'all, and uh, – it's just not looking good. It is not looking good. When you're 0-2 and your conference is much improved and you're sucking wind, it's it's tough. And from what I understand, you can't even – you can't do anything about it. I'm not really crying, but, but supposedly the coach can't even be fired when he's on a sinking ship as this appears to be. That was my college team. My NFL team got a big victory. Looked, for the most part, pretty impressive. Things are good on the NFL side, I think. We'll know more when a division rival comes to town this coming week. It's a division rival that's owned you over these last few years. (laughs) And this division rival looked mighty impressive 
and their victory week one. So, again, for some of you, you may not care about both the NFL and the college game, but you have idiots like me who still like maybe one or the other and still watch both in my case. But the good news is, if there's any silver lining, I did not lose any money. Because right now I'm not into the whole fantasy thing and I'm not into the betting thing. Maybe I should be. Maybe I should be. But speaking of projections and speaking of maybe something to help you if you are into those kind of activities, don't forget, each Friday, right here on this show, we convert our first hour into the y'all show. It becomes the y'all kickoff show. And at least for the college game, General Gridiron makes his unbelievable and his unbelievably, in most cases, accurate projection of how the weekend's going to go. And we'll put General Gridiron and his record of picking the games and picking the winners up against just about anybody. So check that out come Friday on the Y'all Show. We'll have General Gridiron making his return for week number three of college football man week three that means as of this weekend we'll be 25 percent done with college football and it just started the other day it makes me uh, scratch my head and i really am over here scratching my head hopefully i don't have lice no i don't think so but yeah what a what a big weekend let me bring you up to speed on some college football news as texas a&m quarterback haynes king man did you see his injury in that game in Denver as the Aggies were all the way out in Denver taking on the Colorado Buffaloes and the game played at mile high and Haynes King got a lower right leg injury in the first quarter did not return and as a result of his not coming back Texas A&M did not look all that great on offense but the Aggies did find a way to come out of Denver with the victory over the Buffs and Today is a day that we'll probably learn a lot more about Haynes King and the injury. As from what I'm seeing, the Longview, Texas quarterback has not been ruled out as at least as of Sunday. King's had 292 passing yards with two touchdowns and three interceptions against Kent State in his first career start week one. He also rushed for 22 yards and really it was in this first quarter against the Buffs that he went down with what looked like a pretty nasty injury. We wish him all the well, all the best. Haynes King of the Aggies. The Aggies, as a result of that win, actually went down in the polls. If you look at the latest AP polls that were revealed over the weekend, the Aggies dropped from 5 to 7, checking in at 7, behind Clemson right now. Alabama's number 1. Georgia 2, Oklahoma 3, Oregon's 4th. Iowa Hawkeyes move up after their Cyhawk Trophy win. They are 5th, Clemson 6th. Clemson is your highest-ranked team with a loss. So Clemson fans, you're in a good position. You just keep winning, you'll be back in the playoff despite losing Week 1 to Georgia. Aggies 7, Cincinnati Bearcats. They're checking in this week at number 8 in the AP poll. Buckeyes, man, they had a bad loss at home. They should be out of the playoffs after that one. Losing in front of the big crowd there. People so excited to see Coach Day's Buckeyes back up and going. And the Ohio State faithful went nuts for them and 
the home team got bested by the Ducks. Oregon with the big win there in Columbus. Ohio State's number nine. They dropped six spots this week. The Nittany Lions, they've looked pretty impressive thus far with a big Big Ten road win week one. Got the not-so-important week two victory over Ball State. I believe that's who they played. Or maybe it was Bowling Green. One of those Mac schools. I know who they play this week. The Auburn Tigers meander over from the Plains. And Happy Valley is going to be the site where Auburn and Penn State get together on ABC on Saturday evening. That's going to be awesome. Florida Gators are number 11. They got a big game this weekend. Alabama comes to the swamp. Notre Dame barely survived as a result of barely surviving. They dropped number four spots in the poll. Notre Dame's barely survived two of their games that they played. Irish checking in this week at number 12. The Bruins of UCLA took a much-needed break this past weekend after getting the season started extra early against Hawaii. Then they beat LSU. And Chip Kelly's team is number 13 in the latest AP poll. Cyclones dropped down to 14 after they lost the Cyhawk Trophy to Iowa over the weekend. Virginia Tech, they move up four spots this week. Justin Fuente's team is number 15 in the latest poll. Coastal Carolina moves up one. They took care in a big way in the second half against Kansas. Can you believe that the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers have defeated the Big 12 and the Power 5's Kansas Jayhawks Three straight years. They have only played three times. And I know Kansas is not Alabama. But Kansas has been playing college football for over 100 years. And Coastal Carolina has been playing college football for about 15 years. And they've only been playing FBS football for about four years. And the Chanticleers... The mullet men, Kenny Powers U, whatever you want to call them. The school that's not really a school, in my opinion, in Conway, South Carolina. It's an athletic dormitory, essentially. Coastal Carolina has now defeated Kansas three consecutive times. They played them the first two times in Lawrence. They weren't even supposed to play last year. I think that game kind of got added because of COVID scheduling. So Coastal will said, yeah, we'll come to Lawrence and beat you again. And they did. This year in the scheduled return game, KU on a Friday night goes into Brooks Stadium and gets demolished late in that game. Coastal Carolina is 2-0. The Chanticleers, the teal mullet wearing, mullet as in like hairstyle. Even Coach Jamie Chadwell's got a mullet. Quarterback's got an awful mullet. It's Kenny Powers U right there on the edge of Myrtle Beach. Coastal Carolina's up to number 16 in the latest poll after they took care of business against the Jayhawks. The Mississippi Land Sharks look mighty impressive for most of their game against Austin P. Late in the game, the Govs did get a couple of points on the board. I think the Sharks used about four quarterbacks in this one, gave Corral plenty of rest before he's got two tough challenges coming up. He's got Tulane coming to the Grove this weekend, and then... The Sharks swim over to Tuscaloosa for a big game in two weeks. Mississippi has moved up a couple of spots as the Land Sharks are number 17 in the latest AP poll. Wisconsin stays put this week at number 18. Arizona State moves up to number 19. Arkansas, wow, Sam Pittman, great job. And how about Arkansas trolling 
the University of Texas, and it comes from the highest person in the state, Asia Hutchison, the governor, as I think he said this on one of the morning shows on Sunday, welcome to Texas, or rather, welcome to the SEC, Texas. Arkansas blows out the bovines at Razorback Stadium. And they did it the whole game. What a win. What a win for the fans. I think they had people on every inch of Razorback Stadium watching this one. And Arkansas moves to number 20, debuting at number 20 in the latest AP poll. The first time the folks from Fayetteville have been ranked in at least five years. Congratulations. The North Carolina Tar Heels, they're number 21. They move up a few spots. North Carolina had a big blowout over Georgia State over the weekend. Auburn moves from 25 to 22 as the Plainsman defeated Alabama State. Not surprising. Again, it's going to be number 22, Auburn. The Tigers traveling all the way to the Keystone State to take on Penn State this weekend. BYU checks into the poll for the first time. They had a big Holy War victory over Utah. BYU comes in at number 23 in the latest poll. Miami goes down a few spots. They barely barely survived, but they did get the W over Appalachian State. The U's, number 24, and even Michigan found a way to win as they defeated Washington on Saturday night there at Michigan Stadium, I think is what it's called, and the Big House. I know it's what it's called. And Michigan is now 2-0, and ranked in the AP at number 25. How about Washington? The Huskies are 0-2. Their first loss was against Montana of the FCS, and then Michigan beats them. And UW, not looking good. UW's begging for their next game to be against a non-state school, a, a school, a, an opponent that's not named after a state because they can't beat the Montanas and they can't beat the Michigans. I guess it could be just states that start with an M. So for Washington's sake, the University of Maryland, the University of Mississippi, please, uh, University of Missouri, stay away from UW's schedule if you don't mind. Hey, some NFL action. Sunday was the first big Sunday of NFL, and many, many of you enjoyed the fun. We had some real doozies and some rather big blowouts in the action from Sunday and kind of recapping how things went. And I'll also remind you, you got a Monday night game going on here in just a few moments if you want to see some more of week one's NFL action. Going back to Thursday of last week, of course, the Bucks survived against the Dallas Cowboys. That was a big victory, even though Dak Prescott, he did outperform, in my opinion, Tom Brady on that opening game of Thursday. From Sunday, it was the Broncos going into the Big Apple and walking out with a big victory over the Giants, 27-13. The Saints looked mighty good in Jacksonville. That was their home away from home. The Saints defeated the Packers convincingly, 38-3 on Sunday. Dolphins survive against the Patriots, 17-16. It was the Kansas City Chiefs surviving against the Cleveland Browns, 33-29. How about the Houston Texans? They're the only team in the AFC South that got a victory on Sunday. Texans, 37. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 21. Panthers took care of business against the Jets, 19-14. It was the L.A. Chargers, 20-16 over the WFT there in Landover, Maryland on Sunday. Seahawks 
looked mighty good against the Indianapolis Colts. 28-16, the birds from Washington State go east and get a victory against the Indianapolis Colts. Elsewhere in Nashville, the Titans were humiliated in front of their home crowd. 38-13. Oh, man, Kyler Murray looked mighty impressive as the birds got the big 25-point win over the AFC's Titans. 49ers got a victory, getting out of Detroit with a 41-33 triumph. It was an overtime win, but it was a win for Joe Burrow. The Bengals, 27. The Minneapolis or Minnesota Vikings, 24. That one in OT was nearly a tie, but in the closing moments of overtime, the Bengals able to kick through a beautiful kick and get a victory. Cincinnati has a 1-0 record to start the season. Steelers, a little bit of a shocker there from upstate New York. They go in and defeat the Buffalo Bills 23-16. In Atlanta on Sunday, the Eagles embarrassed the homestanding Falcons 32-6. And on Sunday night football, the Rams, in an easy victory, if you will, took care of business against the Chicago Bears. On Monday Night Football, it's the Raiders and the Ravens from Allegiant Stadium. ESPN's going to have this one starting at 8.15 Eastern Time, 7.15 Central. And that's week one of NFL action. Did y'all enjoy it? Was it what you had hoped? Is it what you had wanted? I thought the NFL usually gets things right. And the for the most part, the weather across the league on Sunday's games, at least, was immaculate. I thought the fields were immaculate and the fans were immaculate. For the most part, these stadiums were packed in for the for, for from what I saw. Now, some stadiums, especially where it looked like it might be a pretty hot day, you saw a lot of empty seats. And I'm sure those seats technically were full, people paying big money to get some of these seats. But would you like to be out there roasting up in a 85-degree, 90-degree stadium or maybe – hidden somewhere underneath the shade or in the shade, having a few adult beverages and watching this on a TV screen somewhere in one of your favorite NFL stadiums. I think that was probably the likely scenario in some of the games I saw where I did see plenty of what looked like empty seats out there. But the NFL is going to put a spin on it that it was a mostly full weekend. And, again, NFL action, always fun. These games, for the most part, always being right down to the end. The blowout wins for teams, usually not the rule. It's usually the exception. And it was fun to see, especially I enjoyed that Vikings-Bengals game that went into overtime. I just assumed it was going to go to a tie. We're going to have a rare tie. The Bengals have a a kind of a knack for having tie football games, (laughs) it seems. But Joe Burrow, man, he looked good. Of course, last year he got just pummeled and had to sit out 75% at least of the season, but he doesn't seem to have missed a beat. I was under the assumption that he would not be returning until well through this season or or maybe not at all. I mean, his gruesome injuries, plural, from 2020 just seemed to be the kind of injuries that he may not be back up and going. I don't know what the Bengals' backup plan is. I don't know if they're riding with three quarterbacks on their roster or not or have a solid number two guy. I do know I, one of the things I watched going into 
the weekend was how about Cecil Newton? Do you know who that is? That is Cam Newton's papa. He and Cam appeared in Cam's latest vlog, and Cam came out and said that he thought Mac Jones was essentially good, but Cam is a little bit bitter. He's going to say he's not bitter, but he's bitter at being cut by the Patriots. Cam Newton is not done playing NFL football. He made that very clear. He's not walking off into the sunset. He fully intends to be playing for somebody, and he intends to be playing for somebody sooner than later. So Cam Newton is waiting in the wings, waiting for any NFL team to call him and give him a chance to get back out there and be potentially a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Pretty neat vlog if you get a chance to see it. Check it out. They did it on the field of Cam Newton's high school there just outside of downtown Atlanta. West Fulton, I believe is what it's called, that area. When the Y'all Show returns, we'll keep the fun going here on Talk with a Southern Accent. We have coming up here after the break, what's the best sandwich available at Bucky's, the Texas-based gas station? We'll tell you about that when the Y'all Show returns. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. We're going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Time these kind of what no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out because we got a run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta and there's beer in Texarkana. And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. He's found it down. You know, it's a dang shame when Bert and Jerry were out there running that Coors beer across parts of the South that they didn't have a chance to pull in and go to a Bucky's. I don't even know if Bucky's was around back in uh, the late 70s when Smokey and the Bandit was in movie theaters. And 
Come to think of it, I guess they would not have been welcome there. I guess uh, Jerry Reed could have come in there with his car. No, Jerry was driving the big rig. I guess uh, Bandit, the car that Burt Reynolds was driving, could have gone in there. Because Bucky's, the legendary Texas pit stop, doesn't allow big rigs to go in there. And Bucky's is on our mind here while we're eastbound and down here on Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. Advanced Local has an article out. What's the best sandwich at Bucky's? Spoiler alert, it's not the barbecue brisket. This is breaking news coming out of AL.com. Mary Clorso has penned this article at AL.com, where Bucky's now is available in different sections of Alabama. They got a amazing brand new location in Leeds, just to the east of downtown Birmingham off of Interstate 20. They have a location, the first one they ever built outside of Texas, on the eastern shore of Alabama, around Foley, Alabama, is where you'll find the giant convenience store and gas station, Bucky's. Bucky's is a chain that has locations of gas stations and convenience stores in Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Currently under development are Bucky's locations in the states of Kentucky, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina. An additional location in North Carolina was supposed to be already built, but it's been shelved for the most part. Bucky's is based in Lake Jackson, Texas. That's in Brazoria, Texas, in the Houston area is where you'll find Lake Jackson. The company is owned by Beaver Alpin III and Don Wasik. And where did they come up with the name Bucky's? Mr. Applin formed the name Bucky's by combining his childhood nickname, the name of his Labrador retriever Buck, as well as the appeal of, I haven't heard of this, Apana toothpaste, I-P-A-N-A. A toothpaste had an animated mascot, Bucky the Beaver. And and uh, Bucky's is named after a toothpaste mascot and the name of a Labrador retriever, Buck. All right, only in the South. Bucky's opened its first travel center in Luling, Texas, only 20 years ago. I had no idea this thing was only 20 years old, but they've got locations all over the place. Let's see how many they actually have, if I can count them up. It looks like they got currently 40. And they offer fuel, convenience, food, and more. Cars and trucks only, not big rigs. This is not a truck stop. Bucky's, privately held chain of convenience stores and gas stations. If you've not seen one, go a little west and you'll see them, especially in Texas. So with Bucky's coming on big in the state of Alabama, Advanced Local, which covers the heart of Dixie big time, this author, Mary Colorso, has written this article about what's the best sandwich there. As one of the things Bucky's is known for is their food. They have supposedly wonderful food. They've got something called beaver nuggets. They have pepper jerky, pecan pie kolaches, and they've got other things 
on the menu and more. So this advanced local writer goes in. I would love to have been this advanced local writer, (laughs) Mary Calorso, as she did great work here. She has reviewed her Bucky's Food Fair. The chop brisket, she writes, was a must. It's the store's most popular sandwich. But she also ate the pastrami Reuben. That's supposedly Bucky's secret weapon. They also have the signature club, as she writes, because they don't call it signature for nothing. (laughs) And she answers the question, well, which one was the best? She says, the answer may surprise you. All three of the sandwiches, the chopped brisket, the pastrami Reuben, and the signature club, all three were big, sloppy, and filling. But when our taste tests were completed, a clear winner emerged, and it was the pastrami Reuben at Bucky's. The pastrami Reuben includes pastrami, pepper jack cheese, bacon, sauerkraut, mustard, and french fried onion crisps on a pretzel bun. Mmm. It's made to order, so you need to head to the computer terminals near the fudge station inside Bucky's. And you got to look for the order here sign. Using a touch screen, grab the paper slip with your order number and pick up your sandwich at the counter between the jerky station and the bakery. So this is a fresh-made sandwich inside a gas station slash convenience store slash Bucky's. It's like a whole other level of gas stations that you'll find at these more than 40 locations across half of the South, at least. And it's like a real deli. you got to fill out something and turn it in. Pretty neat. It's like a real deli. According to this writer, the pastrami Reuben is hearty, rich, messy, and rather greasy. It also has a spicy hot kick, she adds. (laughs) She said, smack your lips, wipe your mouth on the bag, and drive on after you get one. Hmm. This is perfect if you're mega hungry or in the mood for a guilty pleasure. Avoid this Reuben if you're counting calories, watching your cholesterol, or concerned about healthy eating. Hmm. Now, that's not nice. It has 870 calories, and this, again, pastrami Reuben retails for just $6.99. How about that chopped brisket? She doesn't have it listed as the number one sandwich but I bet it's good. It's smoked. It's a chopped beef brisket and barbecue sauce on a soft white bun. Similar to the other one, you got to head up to the counter and put in a request for it. It's got a savory mound of brisket soaked by a spicy sweet barbecue sauce. The essential brisket, quote, bark is present. That's the dark crust formed by a rub of dry seasonings. And the meat, she adds, can be a bit tender or chewy. This is heavy-duty research, y'all, going into the Bucky sandwiches. The sauce is fine on this brisket, but not spectacular, especially in a barbecue state like Alabama. Oh, we're getting into a territorial fistfight between Alabama and Texas barbecue. I believe Texans do love their brisket. So let's yield to Texas on this one there, Ryder. If it's brisket, I bet it's going to be more of a Texas thing. Hey, how about the Signature Club? That looks yummy at Bucky's. 
Again, this article is up. What's the best sandwich at Bucky's? The Signature Club includes ham, turkey breast, bacon, melted cheddar cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, and mayo on a grilled white bun. This sandwich also made to order. You have to use your touchscreen, grab a paper slip with your order number, and pick up your sandwich at the counter before the jerky station, in this case, and the bakery. The Signature Club has classic appeal, according to the writer. Bucky's hasn't done anything radical with the recipe, just provides the proper ingredients and lots of them. The deli meat is fresh. The lettuce has the right crunch. The tomatoes are ripe and juicy. Oh, that bacon has a smoky tang, but never overwhelms the balance of flavors. Things do get a little messy, courtesy of the mayo, but a few extra napkins certainly take care of that. Thank goodness for napkins when it comes to delicious sandwiches. This club sandwich isn't really a healthy choice, but it kind of feels that way when you're eating it. What is the breakdown on this deli sandwich, this signature club at Bucky's? It retails for $5.99, as 840 calories. And she says it's the perfect sandwich if you need sustenance on the road or you're looking for a sizable sandwich to share. But avoid the Signature Club if you want a light bite or crave something spicy. This is a very helpful article. This is the article that I'll be bookmarking from AL.com because I still have not gone in and enjoyed a delicious meal at a Bucky's. I've gone past Bucky's. You can't miss them. The giant logo they have up in the sky of their kind of cartoon-looking beaver mascot, it stands out. No words necessary when you're anywhere near a Bucky's. In fact, where was I? I was in upstate South Carolina. In fact, I, I think I had I got on Interstate 85 headed toward Atlanta. And around Greenville is where you start seeing Bucky's signs. And the signs are for a Bucky's in Georgia. And I'm pretty sure the Bucky's in the Atlanta area is actually southwest of Atlanta on Interstate 85. It's almost to Alabama. So you see signs a hundred miles away at least promoting Bucky's coming up. I don't think they've got anything quite yet on south of the border, that legendary place on Interstate 95 at the North and South Carolina border. But Bucky's is spending some money on promotion and buying up a bunch of billboards in the process. And again, thanks to this article at AL.com, Merrick Lorso's done a heck of a job with what's the best sandwich at Bucky's, and it might not be the barbecue brisket. Go read all about it for yourselves. And I wonder how their gasoline is at Bucky's. I don't know that one, but the sandwiches sure look tasty. When the Y'all Show comes back, we've got one last look at the news headlines of the day. Plus, before the hour is up, we'll take a glance ahead at what's on the Y'all Show going forward the rest of the week. All right here on the show that it is. The South Show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. 
Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. fine Floridians there, Skinnerd, and here on the Y'all Show, a look at some headlines, and we take you to Skinnerd's home state for a story that might make for a fun song one day, a song about a man there in Osceola County, as the Florida Highway Patrol has arrested 41-year-old Mark Filial, booking him into the Osceola County Jail over the weekend after he exposed himself multiple times okay that's a fairly common thing in the state of florida exposing yourself but what this fella mr filial did was he exposed himself multiple times to toll booth collectors and he did it over a a week span (laughs) oh my goodness troopers say filial exposed himself seven times on three different days around 7 o'clock in the morning as he entered the cash lanes of the toll plazas. The toll workers told troopers that Phil Yall had no clothes on and was showing his privates, according to the arrest report. He was identified through a photo comparison and his identity matched. 
He's now facing seven charges of exposure of sexual organs. Something ain't right with this guy. 41-year-old Mark Filial arrested, exposing himself to the poor toll booth workers of the state of Florida. Now, I got to brag on Florida's toll booth people because they, at least a few years ago when I went through one and gave them my $100 or whatever it costs to go through a toll booth in Florida, they had the coolest Hawaiian shirts that they got to wear working at the toll booth. They were Hawaiian shirts that had the flamingos and other Florida scenes all over them. It was a state-issued Hawaiian shirt that if you got to work at the toll booth in the Sunshine State, you got to wear it. I thought it was pretty neat. I would like to have one. If you're listening out there, Ron DeSantis, send me your toll booth worker uniform. Pretty cool. But this guy, this man, 41-year-old Mark Fillyall, he needs to just wear clothes, period, whether it's the official toll booth worker's shirt from the Sunshine State or anything. What an idiot. I think the word might be nincompoop. He's that and a whole lot more. Wrapping up our headlines here on the Y'all Show, how about two of the greatest cities in the entire country, arguably the entire world, coming in at number one and number three in the United States. Travel and Leisure has just ranked the holy city of Charleston, South Carolina, number one on its list of the top 15 cities in the entire country. Coming in at number three, Savannah, Georgia. Number one, Charleston. Number three, Savannah. Travel and Leisure wrote that southern cities continue to steal the hearts of its readers thanks to the wonderful mix of warm hospitality, approachable size, excellent food, and striking architecture. And you will find that in these two amazing cities, only about two hours apart from each other. And nestled right between them is another awesome town. It just happens to be a small town. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I think I'm going to live there or at least in that county one day. And I don't want y'all moving there because I don't want it to get destroyed by millions and millions of people. You just have to figure it out. But this is the ninth straight year that Charleston has been number one on Travel and Leisure's best U.S. cities list. The city that beat out Savannah for number two on that list, Santa Fe, New Mexico. This is all appearing in Travel and Leisure's upcoming October issue. The Holy City and the Coastal Empire, Savannah, Georgia. Number one and number three in Savannah's case, with Santa Fe sandwiched in the middle, as the best this country has to offer. You know what? I'm not going to argue with them. I completely agree. And I'm tired of seeing Charleston and Savannah get out-promoted by New Orleans. New Orleans is a lot like Charleston and Savannah. You might even say Charleston and Savannah are a lot like New Orleans. But Charleston and Savannah are a cleaner, safer, just better place to go. And they're two different cities in two different states. And you know what? You can get a rental car and go to both in the same day if you'd like. That's pretty neat. And they're right there on the ocean, too. You can go to the beach. You can go tour. You can do history. You can take look at the beautiful homes. 
and you don't have to deal with the idiots that I think are a lot more of the idiot variety in the Big Easy. So, yeah, I'm pretty high on Savannah and good old Charleston as a once resident. I guess I wasn't a resident. I was a student there in Charleston, SC. And, again, my dream is to one day live right there in that little beautiful portion of our country. And when I move, if I'm lucky enough to move there, I ain't going anywhere else. I said I was going to move there over 20 years ago, and I, I still haven't been there. But I'm, I'm partial. I'm pretty high on that area. And evidently so is Travel and Leisure Magazine, <laughs> ranking Charleston numero uno and good old Savannah number three. That'll about do it for the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this thing with a quick look at what's on the Y'all Show going forward the rest of the week. Somebody get me to Charleston. Somebody get me to Savannah. Or that little special place right between will be just fine, too. Hang on. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. I've got the key to the highway Build out and bound to go I'm gonna leave here running because Walking is most too slow All right, we have come to the end of this start of the week edition of the Y'all Show. Thank you so much for tuning us in. Hey, make sure you tune in to Tuesday's Y'all Show. We'll have more football talk to get to, plus hashtag Hullabaloo, a look at Southern politics also coming up on the Tuesday Y'all Show. Also, we'll be visiting with the barbecue barrister perhaps on our Tuesday show. That ought to be a whole lot of fun. You don't want to miss out on that plus we'll bring you up to speed at what is going on in terms of the southern art scene wednesday's y'all show we'll have an acc update plus a look at southern business on thursday the sec will be our spotlight conference plus we'll have country music news and notes plus entertainment news out of hollywood hollywood coming up on thursday's y'all show friday we're gonna wrap it up with the y'all kickoff show and of course on fridays our fishing forecast comes your way courtesy of craig faulkner all that right here on the show that is all about the south thank you again for being a part of y'all our website y'all.com our text line 803-816-1170 we'll see you back here on tuesday y'all have a great day
Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com.